You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the Geekiest Show Ever, episode 85. Well, we're back. Kevin and Mark are here to talk about geeky stuff and to comment on Tim and David's job that they did last week in our absence. So, Kevin, welcome back. How are you feeling? I'm doing all right. I want to say a big thank you to Tim and David. They did a great show. Um, First time I've listened to the show all the way through because it seems kind of redundant to listen to it all the way through since we recorded ourselves. (laughs) So... um, I uh, I did uh, did really enjoy it, and I know there's some uh, topics that they discussed on that show that you're definitely interested in having another little little chat on about. So uh, yeah, you know what? I, yeah. I've got to say the production quality. Tim went all out. You know what I mean? He, he had the music, he had the sound effects. Uh, it, it was just a great experience. I've I've got to say those those two doing this show. I, I feel like an imposter almost now because they just did such a brilliant job. And, you know, stuck to the one topic. I know some of our listeners actually prefer that when, when people stay to one topic throughout the entire show. Uh, you know, we're kind of a little bit crazy in the head and, and our topics kind of go <laughs> everywhere. So we can discuss one topic, but it's... it's Squirrel! Not go- yeah, it's not going for the whole show. It's just completely gone after about five minutes. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was just the, the backward backwards and... and uh, Back and forth, I should say, uh, banter between Tim and David. I always love it when they're on Tech Fan. It's one of my favourite shows. Uh, and yes, I'm kissing the boss's ass, but uh, seriously, it, it's a great show. If you haven't checked out Tech Fan, uh, don't blow me kisses, Kevin. If you haven't checked out Tech Fan, go and subscribe in iTunes. It's always it, it's the best show in my opinion on the Stoplight Network. And uh, there's a lot of great shows, including uh, Pocket Size Podcast as well. So, uh, but it, it's just the one that every time it comes out, I stop everything and I listen to it. Um, but what I found interesting was that I was sharing the same sort of opinions as they had w- w- with both of them over the Star Wars buyout. And I was listening to it and I'm going, no, not this week. Why do we have to do the swap this week? And of course, Tim, Tim reckons that, you know, George Lucas held off until they could ho- actually host the show. Uh, oh, yes, of you know, course. You, we, our, our show and Tim, you know, we have that much freaking clout that that's why they held off to do it. <laughs> absolutely. You know, we're, we're important, you know, this in this geeky world. Um, you know what? I'm happy with the buyout. I really am from, from my perspective. I think it's about time George Lucas relinquished control of the Star Wars franchise. I feel it's just been bastardized so much over the years that... I, I can't really look at Star Star Wars anymore in a serious manner and, and, and look at it as to what it was when, you know, if I look 15 years ago and I think of what it was to what it is today, and it's very Mickey Mouse, pun intended, with Disney now owning it. Um, you know, it, it, it even brings me into, you know, this week they released uh, Star Wars Angry Birds. And I'm just like, ah, oh, please, do we need more dilution of the Star Wars franchise. I mean, you know, Star Wars was this big, epic franchise at one stage that, you know, dealt with Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, good versus evil. It's Angry Birds. What the hell? That's good good versus the evil little piggies. That's the good bird versus the evil little piggies. I don't, uh, pig, I don't. I don't think the piggies are in this game, though. I'm, I'm not sure because honestly, <laughs> I, I took one look at it and I went, 
you know what? I know everyone's raving about it, and I know everyone thinks it's great, but I'm just not going to endorse this anymore. It's like, give me a really, really good Star Wars game, an original, good quality Star Wars game that I can play on iOS. That's all I want. I don't want to play bird Star Wars. It's like, who wants to go and crap on Darth Vader? You know, he's he's the man. You know. That could be fun, though, in certain ways. Well, yeah, it could be fun, but, you know. We could have Kenny throw Darth Vader in a porta potty and turn the porta potty upside down on him. Now, there you go. We've got toilet humor, we got Star Wars, and we got. I don't know what the hell else we got, but there we go. We got it all together. <laughs> At least we don't have Angry Birds. Um, now, look, I, you know, getting back to the movie franchise, the other thing that I'm a little bit scared about. I like the idea that they're going to release a new movie every couple of years. But that also terrifies me as well because if it's no good or if the storyline... Who knows what they're going to do? Because they haven't said, you know, is it going to be a continuation? Or is it going to be a completely different set of characters and a completely different time frame within the Star Wars universe? We don't really know. And it makes it... From my standpoint, it's a worrying thing. Like, you see James Bond, they've just hit their 50th year. Um, You know, great movie, time after time. You know, some people say, you know, hey, some of the actors weren't that good. Frankly, I I never had a preference of who my favourite Bond was. I think they were all fantastic. And, you know, I know some people disagree. But that movie franchise works because, you know, it's just... It's well, perfect for that type of thing, whereas Star Wars, I, I don't know. Look at the, the mess that they made of Star Trek with some of the movies. Some of the movies I love. Yes. Some of the movies are just like, please stop trying to cash in on William Shatner still being alive. <laughs> I, just, I just, you know, Generations just drove me insane. It's like, he, he's there in his pompous attitude, and it's like, oh, please, just... Go, go! Don't come back to the franchise again. Yeah, it's it, it, it's worrying to me. I mean, I like Star. I'm a bigger Star Trek fan than Star Wars. We can debate that all all you want. I like and enjoy Star Wars. Um, but you know, the, they brought up uh, David and uh, 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 Tim brought up another good point, and I don't know how they could do it. And I'd be curious because it's one of my favorite series of movies is the Indiana Jones buyout and what's going to happen with that because that's yeah. Lucasfilm. And I dearly love that series. I'm a big fan of the first and the third, and I know this will probably generate some hate mail. I like the fourth one. It ended kind of weird, but I liked the fourth movie. But then you've got Harrison Ford, who's getting some age on him now. I think he's late 60s, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, or almost there, 70 years there's, old. There's no way they could put him back in, in the lead lead role in that franchise. They would they, they could do a transitional phase, for sure. Right. You know, uh, They could do something. They could do him as an advisor, or they could do him, you know, in, in a scene of flashbacks to, you know, other storylines that he could have been involved in that have been hinted yeah. to throughout the franchise. So they could do that, you know, where he's almost telling the story, I guess. Um, so they could do that. Uh, I, I forget who it was, whether it was Tim or David, who said that, you know, it, it would feel really odd 
without Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones, and I I tend to agree with that. Not as yeah, that's he's. Really, I, I think so too. It, it's really typecast for him very much. Like he's not typecast in that role because he's done magnificent roles throughout his career, and each time he's in a movie, you see him differently. But that role is Harrison Ford, and I don't know how you can move away from that, really. Uh, you know, it, it's like uh, Richard Dean Anderson as MacGyver. You know, he is MacGyver. You cannot have anyone else play MacGyver. Kevin, why are you pretending to throw up in your mouth? Because I can't stand that damn show. <laughs> Mac- MacGyver just... Oh. Uh, you know what, listeners? I think next time I pick a co-host, especially for a geeky show, I have to <laughs> scan them and ask all their favourite TV shows and all their favourite movies because this co-host just isn't working out. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't like... I grew up on MacGyver. It, it, look, it's ludicrous and it's corny and it's cliche, but it's absolutely awesome. He always diffuses the bomb... Three seconds before it's about to go off. It's the same as James Bond. It's the same thing. You you go into it, edge of your seat, but somehow you still know, yeah, he's definitely going to get it. And then he gets the bad guy as well. And it's Okay, question. Did you like him in Stargate SG-1? Yes, he was all right there. I did like So it show. was more just that franchise, the MacGyver storyline, the MacGyver franchise that you yeah, didn't yeah. like, not, not yeah. the actor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no actor. You, no, it's not, it's not. You've redeemed yourself just a little bit there. Because I, I think no, he's no. a superb actor. I actually think he's one of the, um, the actors in, uh, I wouldn't say Hollywood, because he's been more in TV than ever in movies, but I, I feel he's one of the most underrated actors that are, that are out there. Um, yeah, no, I, I could see him... I, I, I like him as an actor. Yes, I do like him as an actor. I liked SG One, um, but I, yeah, that whole MacGyver franchise thing. And then when the Simpsons took on making fun of it, with Patty <laughs> and Selma having to stop and I watch it. MacGyver. <laughs> and now I have this picture of you sitting between Patty and Selma watching oh, MacGyver. Oh no! Please no. Uh, remember when uh, Bart was staying at their place once, and and he went to to the wardrobe and pulled out one of their bras and. And when I caramba, <laughs> it was yep. it was just hilarious. It was just like, oh my god, look how big they are. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, back 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 to the Star Wars thing, and you know it's interesting because Harrison Ford, uh, you know, being in Star Wars and all that, and you know, how old's Mark Hamill now? And and you know, they, it, it is really going to be too, tough. They're really too old to continue that original storyline. Um, you know, you even saw with the remakes that they weren't a part of the... Uh, not the remakes, sorry, the um, the prequels. They, they weren't a part of those in, in a, any capacity. And I don't think that they can continue through... Unless they really fast-forwarded significantly through time to another stage, another conflict, and those characters would then sort of higher ranking perhaps and more, you know, playing the role of, um, I want to say sort of like a general type thing, you know, um, where they're... they're more, sort of, more Obi-Wan type of... Obi-Wan uh, kind of thing, definitely like that. Um, I think that might work, but at the same time, is it going to be just like, uh, really, we're bringing out the bunch of has-beens? You know, and I hate to say yeah. that about those actors because they're great actors 
But the last thing you want, it, it's like uh, when they did American Pie The Reunion. Now, I, I like the first three American Pie movies. They're good for a laugh and a bit of stupidity. But the, the reunion was just like, really? They're middle-aged guys with families, wives and kids, and now they're acting like they're teenagers again. It's like, no, don't. Don't just do it for a cash cow grab. It, you know, it just didn't work. <laughs> and they, the problem is movies do that a lot. Um, and it doesn't necessarily make it good or better. Um, you know, for a number of years, it was always rumoured that, oh, Ghostbusters 3, Ghostbusters 3. Well, they released a Ghostbusters game a couple of years ago, back in uh, 2009, 2010. And that was a great game. But that was in, in place of the third movie. And... It's like, great, because they can be animated, they can still do their voices in the game. Right. But you have these old guys, you know, wrinkly skin and and looking like they're about to chop off the fence, fighting and and catching ghosts, and it's like, oh, really? Come on. (laughs) That's not believable. Bill Murray looks good for his age, but he shows his age a little bit too, so it would be really tough. It'd be a hell of a lot of makeup. Aykroyd, um, he still doesn't look too bad. Uh, he, oddly enough, he's a, a somewhat of a local celebrity here where I live because his brother-in-law lives here. So he and Donna Dixon come to town occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't been for a couple years that I know of, but they come to town occasionally, and you know it's always in the paper, you know, uh, that he's here. And the last time I saw him, he looked he he hadn't. He didn't look quite as old as I think he is, and I don't remember exactly how old he is. But Bill Murray, I know, is also, if I'm not mistaken, older than Aykroyd, and he is like Chevy Chase, too. I mean, they're really starting to show their age. And, I mean, these guys can't help it. I mean, they were in their, what, 30s when they were on Saturday Night Live back in the 70s. Yep. So, I mean, good Lord, these guys have had brilliant careers. Um, And God rest his soul, John Candy. You know, I, I wish he was still around because he, he... He was he, a brilliant doctor. Yeah, he kept you laughing the whole time. So, But yeah, it would be tough. They'd have to do a parallel, maybe a parallel storyline that's a little in the future so that there's you know some sort of, oh, we heard from a general solo, you know, some, I, you know, I don't know, something yeah. like that where they could branch off and go parallel, almost a reboot, but not quite a reboot. Yes. And I don't know whether it was David or uh, Tim also came up with what I thought was interesting, was the suggestion that, why don't we tell some of it from the side of the uh, Empire instead of telling it from the side of the uh, the the, uh, the Rebels? You know, tell it yep. from the side of the Empire. Because they're right. I mean, you're not in the Empire if you don't like it to some extent. There's got to be somebody there going, yay, Empire, yay, Empire. I mean, it's not all they're not all this mindless drone. So that could be an interesting... You know, it, it would be an interesting in take on the storyline. And very few times do you see in movies that you get the perspective of the evil side. Um, you know, you, you do see it a little bit more. TV tends to... To, to merge across a little bit because you've got Dexter and then you've got um, what's that other show I've been watching recently I, I can't remember <laughs> oh that's no good uh, Breaking Bad and people will be going oh Mark you idiot um, but it, it sort of deals with and showcases more the evil negative side of the storyline 
um, and the people behind that. And it's like, okay, despite their deeds that they perform, they're normal people. So it would be an interesting take to actually, you know, see what the Empire's like from within the Empire. Um, but then question is, would it kill the franchise because of that? You know, you've got hardcore fans that are, are even more hardcore than you and me. Would it then, if they did the job badly or if, if it wasn't believable or, or whatever, you know, where would we end up? You know, can they actually tell the Darth Vader story again, you know, from his perspective? You know, what I don't know that you, I don't know that you'd want to tell it from his perspective. Maybe you need to take it, ratchet it down a notch or two and get someone. I mean, you know, it's painfully obvious when you watch the movie, not painfully obvious, it's obvious, Vader believes in the Empire. But what about a, a perspective from somebody just a little further down the chain? You know, somebody somebody down here, you know, I don't want to say the Stormtrooper perspective or anything like that, but, you know, <laughs> something in between. There's got to be something in there, but I don't know how interesting it would be. Um, I'm not creative enough, creative enough to be able to write or think in that way, you know, because there's always a lot of fan fan uh, fan stories that develop. I mean, Star Trek has them. Star Wars has had you know novel novelettes or whatever. You can find oodles of the stuff online. So it's kind of tough. But I maybe somewhere's in between. I, I don't know. Just a thought. But I did like that idea. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. it would be done, but I like the idea. Yeah, I, I actually prefer a complete reboot. I think um, a new set of of characters in a different time, but in the same Star Wars kind of universe. I think, for me, that would be perfect. Because when, when you look at the prequels, the first the first one was just horrendously slow and boring, really. You know, watching Anakin Skywalker as a, a young child. Or at least I thought it was a little bit boring and slow. Um, but really, that could have been a, a complete... You know, take it away from prequel. That could have been the the way it was. It could have been a completely different franchise, almost. It could have been a reboot instead of being linked in so tightly. Um, you know, obviously it was Anakin going through the the changes and and then to become Darth Vader in the third movie. But it was so different from the the first three, from Episode Four through to six that I class it as a, a different set of movies. I'll still watch them in chronological order, but they, to me they just don't flow as well as I believe they should. No, I don't think they do either. I have... It's been... I've... It's been a while since I've seen what would be the second series, the first two movies, um, and I'll have to admit they were... They were so... Um, uh, I hate to use the word weak, but it was so different that it was it was like one of those types of movies that I watched kind of out of the corner of my eye, not riveted to. Mm-hmm. Now the third one, I got really into that one, you know, where you where you end up having him transform into Darth Vader. I got very into that one, and I made the connection to the the original series, but it's still such a stretch, and you know. Part of that has to do with the way we saw or the way I saw into Star Wars when it originally came out, 
versus, and I have a very fixed perspective that I don't know that I could adequately describe, and then I have this other perspective of uh, the 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 re the first three series, and they don't. I mean, while they connect, it's not a direct connection to me. Almost, it's it's kind of like a a near miss. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just I just lopped off your ear with the lightsaber. I didn't quite uh, quite quite wound you with this with the lightsaber. So you know, it's it's that sort of thing, but. That's that's just me, and you know I, I'm I'm an odd man. I'm odd man out or something <laughs> like that. No, I don't. I don't think you're too odd. I, I think they've just got to stop messing with the franchise. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know as it's going to get better with Disney holding it. I hope it doesn't get any worse. Let's just put it that way. Well, Disney will make toys off of it. You know. Oh yeah, there'll be some great toys come out and and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, the the connection is is kind of tough, I think. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to see a reboot like they did Star Trek two thousand nine, complete reboot. Um, do it that way, and you know that that was just absolutely superb. It's what Star Trek needed. It's like I'm I'm just dying for another TV series to come out based on the new Star Trek uh, universe that they they have created thanks to that movie i don't know if they're even doing it or if they're even considering it and one way you actually don't want a tv series based off the movie because it'll be of course of low quality because there's only x amount of time that can be put into producing a show every week and x amount of finance that can be put in and i'd almost like to see just bigger movies like there's another one coming out next year i believe uh, which is the follow-up to uh, the 2009 movie. You know, I, I like that type of thing. It, it, you know, it was just it was a great reboot. I don't know if I really want them to screw with with the reboot by putting it into TV. I'm not sure. What do you think? No, I don't think I'd want to either. And I think the good thing about the reboot, one thing you'll like, of course, there's no way for fu- really oh, they can fix that. I was gonna say there's no way for future Kirk to come back and meet current Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Spock you know, made it through, but you know, you know, you know what? It, it's the it's the Star Trek universe. They can do almost anything, you know. Um, so it's an interesting timeline that they've uh, an interesting parallel timeline that they've opened up with the Star Trek reboot, and I think it it could de- definitely make a a movie or two out of that. But for God's sake, stop with the damn lens flares. Um, <laughs> It's like a freaking drinking game, but I mean, you know, they they have they've opened up a time frame or a timeline there that'll work very well, I think. Yeah. Uh, at least in my opinion, I think it's something they can pursue. They can make it work, you know. Um, and I hope they do. I really hope they do because that is, I, I make no bones about it. I am much more of a Star Trek fan than Likewise. I am a Star Wars. Star Wars Look, fan. And you know what? Years ago, again, go back 15 years ago, I used to be more Star Wars than Star Trek. But I got, I just got tired of the way George Lucas was just changing stuff. And, you know, oh, let's add some new scenes into the classic movies because at the time I didn't have the time or the finance to, to put these special effects in. It's like, can someone please give me a copy of the absolute original first three movies untouched by Lucas after they were put into theatres for the very first time? I, I have those. 
I used to, and stupidly, I got rid of them years ago, and I'm kicking myself ever since. It's like, oh, you bloody idiot! Why did you get rid of those? Um, I oh. didn't. I didn't think that. You know, I I don't know what I was thinking to be quite honest. I just thought, oh, cool, yeah, I'll get this new one. It's digitally remastered. Boom, boom, boom. And I was like, oh, really? This is just rubbish. You know. So no, I bought um I bought them and they're still in good shape. I need to get them off, but I st- I have bought a collector set the very first time they came out on VHS years and years ago. And fortunately those tapes are still in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. They've held up pretty well. Cause uh, that's how I introduced my son to star Wars. Now he pretty much only likes the very first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one's okay, but which would actually be four and five. Four is and five okay. yeah. But six, he's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, he, 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 yeah, I mean, he loves all the Star Wars games, the Lego Star Wars stuff. He plays that yep. stuff, you know, endlessly. Um, so, uh, but I do have those movies, and they still have held up very well. And I still have a VHS tape player. I have two of them that we can still watch them on. So fantastic! You know what? We'll have to do a movie night where uh, we set up Skype and you put it on, and I, I can sit next to you. You see, and you know, you can put me on the couch right beside you. I think that would really. <laughs> And Kevin's getting the willies now. He's uh, he's going, oh, no, not really. Yeah, because I'm not looking forward to having you cuddled up next to me on the sofa while I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such love in this room, isn't it? Um, you know, I was... Just give me one sec, Kevin, because I see Nicholas has moved from his seat. Okay, go ahead. Get, get, oh, no, he's back. <laughs> He must have gone and got a toy or something. You know, it's kind of funny having you on one side of my computer and him on the other side of the computer and watching both. It's, it's, it's like I'm going to have eyes going, like, you know, in two directions and I'm going to look crazy. I, I should say crazier than I already look. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, you know what? I had something really good in mind that I... Oh, that's what I want to talk about. Maybe now with Disney actually having the rights to Star Wars, we'll see it come out on iTunes. And please, Disney, please, 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 can you do something for me? Can you please put the original Untouched by Lucas copies along with the the new remastered copies as well so that people can choose between them? Because Star Trek, they've done that. You know, the original series have the uh, remastered versions, and then they've also got the non-remastered versions. So you can you can buy that online. Unfortunately, I came across a deal, Kevin, the, the other day, uh, $30 for each season, and I just bought all the seasons, but they're the remastered seasons on DVD. But given that they're normally each season out here about $75, it was like, okay, I can deal with the remastered versions. I don't need the absolute you know, core original versions. I would have liked them. You know, if I went the... This is what irritates me sometimes. If I had gone with the Blu-ray, and if I had a Blu-ray player, I'd do that. But when my PlayStation blew up, it's like, oh, forget it, I'm not buying another one. Um, but the Blu-ray copies actually had the original, unedited, unrestored, I should say, versions on there. So you had the best of both worlds there. Only problem... Each season's like 125 Australian dollars. So it's like, how much do you want to pay? So, you know, I, I went, hey, $30 each was a good deal. Ooh, ooh, and I picked up the next generation, 
the entire box set for 169. I'm waiting for the mailman to deliver it this week. So uh, well, I think that's just wonderful that you've gotten that, <laughs> and that I don't. But, and I'm not in the least bit jealous over that. No, Kevin's flipping me the bird, listeners. He, he's such a rude man. We we shouldn't do video with him anymore. Um, <laughs> In all honesty, I've watched it for years and loved it for years on TV and even when I had VHS and I'd record episodes and stuff like that. And it was just about time that I said to myself, you know what, I want this. I want to have it in my collection. And I've just decided, hey, when the price is right, I'll pick it up. And the price has been absolutely superb. So I've got a big Star Trek, big uh, Star uh, Gate um, sale on at the moment at one of our big retailers here so it's like yeah i'm spending a little bit more money than i should and uh gretel's rolling her eyes but she's going with the flow she understands <laughs> you know it'd be interesting to see if they do anything like that uh here in the united states and i know you know what it is and maybe some of our listeners that aren't in the united states don't black friday's coming up yeah um it's a week from this coming friday yeah the week from this coming friday as we record because we're recording on the 11th. Um, so that's, you know, the one of the biggest retail days of the year here in the United States. And they're already publishing out some of the stuff. And you can see, I think it's bfads.net. You can start to see some of the deals that the retailers are going to have. So I'm, I'm really curious. And I've been looking through the, uh, the uh, paper today with all the ads and stuff for different things and wetting my appetite for crap I want to buy but don't really have the money and probably shouldn't be spending it on anyway so yeah I, I, I know that feeling but you know sometimes you you just gotta buy little toys for yourself and um I love the iPad mini <laughs> yes <laughs> listeners Mark has acquired an iPad mini <laughs> and is rubbing it in my face if i thought when i sneezed on the screen it would go all the way through <laughs> skype and hit him in the head i would do it <laughs> uh you know what I, i've got to say it's a beautiful little device as soon as i saw it and bear in mind i was the guy who turned around and said to everyone you're full of it there is no way this thing's coming out and yet i think out of everyone who i argued with i'm i'm probably the first guy to actually have one uh, I may be wrong there. Someone else may have got it as well, but I think everyone who I had an argument with, I don't think anyone's got it yet. Um, but look, it, it's light. It fits in your hand. I can take it everywhere. It does everything I need it to do. I'm actually going to use it as my, my not only my consumption device, but my production machine as well. Um, you know, this show, once I'm finished recording it uh, through Skype on the Mac, I actually put it into Twisted Wave, edit the show right on my iPad mini. Uh, you know, I do writing directly on the screen. And interestingly, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, an article that's going to be released on the Mac Observer this next week, and it deals with how fast I can type. Now, listeners are going to laugh at me because a few people already have it, how slow I type. Which uh, So on a, a Bluetooth keyboard attached to an iPad 2, my average words per minute, and this is words per minute getting correct. Let's be clear on that. It's not making typos. 56 words correct per minute. Now, on the iPad mini with the virtual keyboard on the screen, that only dips to 47 correct words per minute. So, you know, for me, it's like almost a 20% drop, but it's really... I, I can live with that. If I can go and sit on the lounge 
and write while I'm spending time with the kids and, and or in the car and I can write and stuff. It's great. It's absolutely superb. Um, and the other thing that I, I find is very good too is to actually use it in portrait mode because when you use it in portrait mode, you can literally thumb type really, really fast. It's, um, it's, it's quite incredible. And I'll, I'll show you, uh, Kevin, what I mean. And it's hard for the listeners, of course, I understand. But Kevin can sort of see my thumbs can fit nicely across the entire yeah, display. They do. And you can access everything just really quickly. So, uh, And I find that's a great way to edit the, the long-form articles I write because I can see so much more of the text and I can just read it and then I can just plot in a little section. Plus, it's so light that you can you can hold it at the bottom. You know how on the, the bigger-sized iPads... You've got the option to expand the keyboard and separate the keyboard. That's also on this one as well. But you don't feel like you need it because you can actually reach all the keys. Even in landscape mode, you can you can touch your thumbs together. Now it's not as easy to type, but I've got to I've got to tell you, it, <laughs> Kevin's put me in a frame now. I've got to tell you, it's it's much easier uh, than the iPad two. the The iPad two is just. It's the old clunker now. <laughs> you know, and I never thought I'd say that. It is... And Kevin's rolling his eyes and thinking, here first, we go first, again. First world problem. First world problem. Absolutely. Of course it is. Well, you know, in my world, nothing much else exists. So. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I think it's great. I mean, in the, the listeners, in all honesty, when he was showing it, in uh, portrait mode there and trying to type with it, it reminded me of the days of uh, when I eventually got fast, the way I would type with my thumbs on my uh, BlackBerry back in the day. And, uh, you know, I got to be able to type fairly quickly that way. Yeah, you certainly can. And, look, I just like being productive. There's nothing worse than sitting in a car and you're going somewhere and you've got 20 minutes to kill and not getting anything done. You know, obviously, I'm not driving and typing at the same time. That's when Gretel will be driving. But, uh, you know, anywhere, whether it's on public transport, whether you're waiting for something, I find in the morning, you know, I've got, once I get the kids ready to go up to school and I I send Natalia off to school, I've I've got around about 10 or 15 minutes just before we need to walk out the door to get to school on time. I find that's a perfect time. Forget booting up the Mac. It's a late 2009 Mac. It takes, you know, Three minutes to boot up fully, whatever it takes. Um, I can turn this on, get straight into the document I'm working on, and write a paragraph or two, you know, or even more. You know, I've even been known to actually sit with my iPhone 4, honestly. Or not even sit, but even lay in bed and just type a thousand-word review or an opinion piece on that little keyboard there. So when you have something that merges the the power of the iPad and the iPad apps with portability and and being able, and usability it's just for me it is the machine of choice plus let's be very clear on this the price is excellent you know i paid 366 australian dollars uh, it's 329 in the US cuz i only got the 16 gig model i know some people wi-fi only wi-fi only uh, i know some people need more the reason why I decided, hey, I'm just going Wi-Fi only is because when I'm out and about, I've got 3G data on my iPhone. So I'm just going to share the data from my iPhone to my iPad mini. Uh, I'm not going to have two different data plans. That's, to me, pointless. Uh, so I'll, I'll tether that data across to there. 
Uh, the 16 gig I find, I do a lot of streaming. So I use iTunes Match, I use Downcast. Uh, the, the content that I purchase online, the movies and TV shows from iTunes, you can you can download that and when you need it and then just delete it. And you can download it a thousand times a year if you want. It doesn't really matter. Apple has no limitation that I'm aware of. Once you've purchased the license to view it, you can keep downloading it. So for me, the 16 gig is fine. It, it does mean that I've got to juggle data a little bit with some of the bigger games and, and bigger apps and so forth but I, I'm willing to do that I wasn't willing though to pay an extra $110 Australian to go up to 32 gigabytes I just that that was where I drew the line and that's when it was no longer an affordable device because I could have picked up the the iPad third generation with the retina display for $419 refurbed of course which mm-hmm. isn't really refurbed. It's just you know what they had in the production line that they didn't sell, so they they've thrown right. it through that way to just clear the stock out. Um, so I'm quite happy with it. The, oh, the best part about it, the stereo speakers. You have never been so happy to have an iPad with stereo speakers in your life. It it is something seriously lacking on the larger iPads. I wish that they would. Um, change it and do something about it but the sound quality is just absolutely amazing now speaking of sound quality what music could i embarrass myself with that i've got that you know no one knows about i wonder what i've got don't you have a large abba collection i do i do i do there we go okay uh what would you like to hear money 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 fernando dancing oh for fernando Fernando all the way Yes. All right. So this is coming through just the iPad mini stereo speakers. And admittedly, we're downsampling it to mono in the end. But, um. I do not need headphones any longer. Yeah, that is actually a very good sound. I'm going to just scrub it a bit forward. And Kevin's dancing. And all the listeners are rolling their eyes going, oh my God. <laughs> I need my leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that's also a hard one because that, that, that's, that's an older classic from back in the 70s. So, you know, but you can sort of get a, an idea of the, the quality of sound out of the, the stereo speaker. And honestly, I write with music. I have uh, a couple of favorite albums. I, I may have mentioned it before. I may not have. The... Uh, what I tend to do is I'll write for about an hour. So I spend 50 minutes uh, writing an article and then I'll take a break. And the album of, of choice for that first 50 minutes is always the Dancers with Wolves soundtrack. It's just in the background. It's a nice soundtrack. And it just I've been writing with it since I was at school, since I was a teenager. Um and doing, you know, reports for school and stuff like that. So it's been with me for a number of years. And I can honestly sit there now, type on the, the screen and have it just coming out of the stereo speakers. No need for headphones. Before, I, I, on the iPad 2 and that, it's like, ah, oh, that crappy speaker. And you've got to cup your hand. Oh, you know what else is good about the stereo speaker? When you're playing games... You know when you you play and and your hand goes over the speaker and then it gets muffled and it does it on the iPhone as well and it shits me? 
Well, you put your hand over one side of the speaker, you still got sound from the other speaker. It's absolutely superb. I love it. And there's Mark rubbing his nose in it. And I'm not sure which... <laughs> rubbing my nose in it. I'm not sure which I feel most bad about. The fact that I don't have an iPad mini or the fact that Mark just said that he Dances with Wolves came out when he was still in school and it came out well after I got out of school. So I'm not really sure which part of that bothers me more. We'll just go with the last one as, as the one that's bothering me the most. Uh, either way, we, we all love our movies and we all love our content and having the iPad mini is just a glorious thing. I know. I I need to get a chance to go to a store, and I might take time because uh, you'll, tomorrow. You'll buy one. They, Seriously, if you feel it and look at it, I'm sure you'll buy one. It's it's much better than the i the full size iPad, and I'm not the only one to say that. There's a lot of people going, "Hey, you know what? What am I going to do with this big clunker over here now?" And look, you know, I'll be quite honest. For my kids, I want them to have the larger size iPad. It makes more sense for them. Plus, we've already got them and we don't have to outlay any more money. But for the games I like to play, like the little uh, app mates, the cars game that you put on the screen and you drive the car around and stuff, that's not going to work on the Mini. So there's going to be some instances where the Mini doesn't suit. And the Mini isn't for everyone. But it's going to be my only iPad now. I'm not going to go and buy a full-size iPad as well. Um, And you know what? It's going to be interesting because when Apple released the fourth gen... Uh, iPad uh, to replace the third gen that actually was only out of stock for like two to three days in Australia anyway and then it came back in after literally well a few days you know now it's available you can just walk in and get it whereas with the iPad mini no you, you can't get that anywhere it's still like two weeks delay maybe longer uh, and leading up to Christmas it's just going to be so hard to get hold of it so well, um, I, know. I I put both on my list. I prioritized them in my Christmas list, and I put uh, but I listed both of them behind. I'm still in the MacBook Air camp. Sorry. No, no. You know what? That, this has replaced my wishes of a MacBook Air, and I know Kevin's going to say, "Yeah, but hold on, Mark. You said that the iPad two replaced the MacBook Air, and then you went backwards." True. <laughs> True, I did do that. But this is so small, so portable, um, it beats everything hands down. It you know, really allows me to just... I'm looking for the perfect case. That's, that's the only thing that's eluding me at the moment. I want the perfect kind of zippered case or clip case that, you know, allows me to just really take it out with me and, and you know, throw it in the glove box of the car and, you know, stuff like that. I'm, I'm just looking for the perfect case. Because I went, I went shopping yesterday, and I, I, you know, Belkin's got some out, but they didn't say that it was for the the iPad Mini specifically. And I went, oh, I'm not buying it. Uh, they sort of hinted at it, but you know, it's like they were the ones that were released before the Mini came out. So who knows if they had their dimensions right or not when they made the case. Uh, the the strange part, the um, in Australia, the smart cover is forty five dollars. And I look at how small this little thing is, and I'm like, I'm not paying $45 for the smart cover. I want an all-in-one case that allows me to stand it up, and, you know, I'll, I'll be happy only, with that. I think the smart cover is only 29 or something, or 39, 39 here in the U.S. I think it, yeah, I, I think it's 39 See, what, what I've got with my iPhone is I've got one of these sort of 
cases that that then sort of open up and it's got sort of the wallet sort of thin at the back. It's just a standard Belkin one. But the thing that I like about it is I can drop it, in which I have done, and it protects it somewhat. So when I'm out and about, you know, I don't need to worry about it too much. Of course, when I'm home, I tend to pull the iPhone out and use it naked, just because, you know, I like things that are naked. He's talking about the phone, folks. <laughs> He's talking about the phone. Please don't write us with comments about Mark walking around his house naked. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, oh, dear. Well, you know, you've you got know, a lot of things flapping the breeze. Okay, okay, okay. Wait. <laughs> oh, mental image. I'm going to have to take a melon baller and scoop my eyes out now oh, or something. Very here. funny. Um, but, you know, for a case, all I ever use, and I don't even use the Apple one, I use a, a band case on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Bumper. Uh, not yeah, band, yeah, yeah. but bumper. I buy them on Amazon for $2, and they last for, for a while. <laughs> Chuck them and get another one. <laughs> um, and they, to this point in time, they've worked well. I'm sure at some point it'll fail me, but for right now, that that's fine. I, I don't use much of a case. I would be interested, you know, after we were on, uh, we did NAMP last week, and you and Scott and I, oh, shit, I said his name. <laughs> the man who shall remain, na- shall remain nameless. Um got me interested in the full-size iPad, you know, with that new Logitech uh, or the Logitech yeah. keyboard combination that he talked about. And I've been, you know, in a little bit of spare time I've had this week, I've been doing a little research and, you know, going back and forth and looking at that. But I wonder if they're going to come out with something like that for the minis. And they I, I, they I will, would, but, but will be the, keyboards, the keyboards are going to be... Really tiny. Yeah. You know, I think virtual keys work small because they enlarge, as you know, with the iPhone and so forth. The keys sort of bounce up and enlarge. Um, now they don't do that on the on the mini, or not that I've seen. Uh, let me just double check that because I don't want to be given uh, the wrong idea. I think no, they they don't. Not even when it's in portrait mode, so they don't pop out like they do on the iPhone. But there's something about that virtual keyboard. It just knows where I'm going to press. You know, so even if I'm a little bit off, it kind of knows. Like, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, trying to tap the run area, and it, it seems to know. Um, whereas the physical keyboard, you, you've got these physical keys, and the keys are going to be even smaller than the virtual keyboard. I think, really, with the iPad Mini, you'll want to use the virtual keyboard... Um, all the time and not use a physical keyboard unless you intend on, on taking a full-size keyboard with you so you, you'll have it standing up and then you'll be typing on a full-size, say, the Apple wireless keyboard. Maybe that's an alternative uh, that people can look at. Um, well, the, 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 the cases, um, there's an article in one of the recent issues of Macworld, I can't remember what it is, that had that talked about the different types of cases and divided them into the different categories, and I did see one that if I were to buy a full size iPad, uh, fourth generation, um, that was the I guess they technically called them the clamshell cases, made it look very much like a uh, a laptop, very much like a uh, um, you know MacBook Air, but a little bit but a little bit thicker. Yeah. So. And the unfortunate side of thing is I could see myself spending a ton of money on cases until I found the right case combination. And that would just not 
go well with the chief finance officer here at uh, <laughs> all of our household. Um, because I bought one for my original iPad when I thought, oh, this is it. Got to have one of those folio cases. And I got I got one of the best rated ones. And there's damn rubber keys trying to type on those membrane rubber keys. Yeah, they're awful, aren't they? Oh, it was so freaking awful. So I, I have to restrain myself, you know, with with tape almost to keep me from <laughs> to, to keep me from wanting to to buy something like that. So I will be interested to see what types of cases they come out with. Um, what would probably work good with something like that, in my opinion, is if you had the case, but you had a butterfly style keyboard. Do you know what I mean by a butterfly keyboard? The kind that folds, folds over itself. Fo- you know, there, there's one made by I want to say Logitech. I think that is that type of of thing. Well, the coolest one I ever had was I used to. Well, I still have it. I have a Dell Axum. Uh-huh. I think EA from back in the day. This is oh my god! This is what two nineteen ninety nine two thousand. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing. You know, it was running Windows. C or something. I can't even remember what it ran yeah, now. Yeah, it would have been C back then. But it they sold this butterfly keyboard, and I know when I would take that thing into meetings, people were awestruck because it, it, it looked like a, um, a small case. It looked like a, a calculator, a little bit bigger than a pocket calculator. Then you opened it up, and then the keyboard pulled out, and it overlapped, and then it locked back together. And it even had a little stand, and I've got the thing somewhere around here. And it even had a little stand to stick the uh, the axum on, so that mm-hmm. yes, it's going to be word processing. I'm going to be running Word on this Dell axum. <laughs> Go freaking blind trying to see the screen. Yeah, but have a decent sized keyboard that is usable. So long, long way, long way back around. I think it would be interesting if they came out with some sort of it. it it's a cover. For the iPad Mini, this goes on to what he who shall remain nameless, what we were talking about on NAMP last week. But then when you open it up, the keyboard pull, doesn't unfold but pulls apart because if it unfolds, you got that extra thickness. Yep. But it's a keyboard that kind of overlaps and then interlocks itself. And you could get a decent-sized keyboard for something like that then. Yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. And certainly I think there's – it might be Zag who's released a – a nine-inch keyboard or something like that, a slightly larger one. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but I think it sort of goes a little bit larger uh, with the iPad Mini, but they've sort of indicated that that's what it's going to be. So there's going to be one uh, 7.8, then one the 9, and it somehow overlaps a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think I'll stick to the, the virtual keyboard. Um, unless, of course, I, I prop it up and then I, I use the, the Apple wireless keyboard. Uh, because... Dropping 20% in, in typing pro- productivity for me, that's great. That's still getting work done and uh, just being portable, absolutely superb. So uh, I can't yeah. recommend it higher. I'd be happy to drop 20% of me. So I mean, that would be. <laughs> now, uh, moving along before we end out the show, uh, Kevin, you've got a. Um, well, I, actually, we've, we've got a couple of little announcements to make, but you go ahead with your one first because it's. Uh, more driven toward, uh, towards the U.S., but also uh, everyone around the world. So if you can go first, then I'll go with my one. Well, yeah. Well, I just wanted to take this opportunity. We're recording on November 11th, 
which is in the United States recognized as uh, Veterans Day. It's a government, it's a federal holiday, and I want to extend my thanks, my respect, my appreciation, and I don't know what else, my undying gratitude for both the veterans and the active duty personnel that defend my defend the great country that I live in and also the rest of those around the world that defend democracy uh, you know Australia the UK our, our allies I, I really want to extend a big debt of gratitude to all of you for what you've done to help keep this world a safer place absolutely and uh, you know we term it as uh, Remembrance Day out here um, so uh Yes, I, I replicate everything that you've just said, Kevin. So uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention and, and reminding me that that's uh, what day it is in the U.S. today. Uh, the other thing I want to discuss quickly, I want to say a big thank you to all my Twitter followers, everyone who listens to both uh, NAMP and GSE, or just people who listen to GSE. Uh, the amount of people who passed on their good wishes for when my son was in hospital last week you can't imagine how relieved and, and happy that made us as a family. It, it really touched us. We were really just so overwhelmed with so much love and, and care coming from people who I've, I've never even met. And uh, the good news is he's on. He's recovered. He's back at home now. Uh, he's driving us nuts. He's playing the Wii, and and I can actually see him because I'm I'm actually doing the video chat with Kevin. And then on the other side, I've got his iPad too set up underneath the TV, and he's playing the new Transformers Prime game. And he's there, and he's got the feet going and the arms going, and he's having a great time. So uh, he is getting better. Thank you for all the well wishes. I really and truly appreciate that. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can return the favor one day. And because uh, it, it really helps, and it's, it's just great when people can, you know, bridge that gap uh, and and just come together for a common interest. So uh, thank you. Now, just before we finish out the show, um, Kevin, uh, you know what? He is getting on my back for buying Star Trek. He's getting on my back for buying an iPad. I think he's getting a little bit jealous, but. He has got an extra 16 gigabytes of RAM, so he's going to take his iMac up to 32 gigabytes of RAM. I've only got 12 in mine. And uh, he's got it sitting on his desk. Do you think he's installed that RAM yet? I mean, the first thing you do when RAM comes in, you take it out of the box. You take the iMac apart, you undo the little screws, and you plug those suckers in. And he, he still hasn't done Kevin, 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 you lose a lot of geek cred for leaving the RAM sitting there, my friend. Well, now, I've only had the RAM, what, 24, about 30 hours, so... 30? 30? Oh, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. I, I think you need to... I have to sleep 12 of those. You know what? <laughs> while we're... <laughs> there's no sleep. When there's RAM to be put into a machine, sleep doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> I know, I, and the sad part is, I want to do it. It's the physical doing of it's not bad. It's unhooking all the hard drives, you know, my mic, my USB hub. Then yeah, I got to move. And you know what the worst side. part is? Is when you turn it back on, and then you get the RAM beeps, beep, 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 and it's like, ah, oh, great, they're not seated properly. Take it down, seat them again. 
Trust me, when I, I did mine almost a year ago uh, in December, and it took me three hours to get the RAM actually recognized in the iMac. And then out of nowhere, oh yeah, I recognize I've got the 12 gigabytes now. And it's like, I did nothing. And it just <laughs> magically came on. No problem now. It's been working all year. Not an issue. But I don't know. Apple has, and this I've found this with third-party RAM. It's just, it's very finicky to install into the Apple systems. It, well, now, in, in all fairness, I've only got, I'm only going to 16 this upgrade. It's the oh. next upgrade. I'm doing a little retail therapy and spreading it out over a couple months for so, me. So what have, bought, what have you got now in your machine? I'm running eight right now. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm going to yank, I'm gonna yank, I'm gonna yank all of that out. I'm yep. going to yank all eight gigs out. Um, then I'm going to put the 16 in. And then next month when the, the RAM ferry and the money ferry comes back around... I'll uh, buy another 16 and go to 32. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm looking forward to that just to be able to say I've got a quad core processor, eight threads and 32 gigs of RAM. I've got a freaking server sitting on my desk. (laughs) So, um, well, you you have more power than me. That's for sure. I have the power. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'll be Darth Vader. You be uh, you be Luke. So we'll work that out. <laughs> Pack off your hand anyway. But uh, yeah, I need to do that. And actually, because it you know the iMac's not a I have a twenty seven inch, and it's not a little thing to pick up, turn around, no. and lay down to do it. I may cheat like I tried to the last time, but I'm gonna get a little bit better time this time of it. I may just try to tilt it up and kind of lay down on the floor from underneath without actually laying it face down. <laughs> Almost like a mechanic getting under a car. I'll just pull my iMac out towards the edge of my desk. Yeah, just, just tilt- don't, don't push it too hard, Kevin, because otherwise your iMac will go, woo. Yeah, that's the other thing that makes me think. <laughs> and I don't have a good anti-static mat anymore, so I need to find something to use that's good in anti-static. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the other big. Because like I said, a 27-inch iMac is not a little thing to nope. pick up, turn around, set down. And then, of course, if you don't seat the memory correctly, of course, the rule is you you seat the memory, get it hooked up minimally, reboot it, and if you and but you don't put that cover back on, because if you put the cover on, you're guaranteed that memory is not seated. Yep. If you don't put the cover on, you're guaranteed that memory is seated, and then I can actually put the cover on while the, the Mac's upright. Yep, so, I know that feeling only too well. It's like, cool, I'll just screw everything back together. No probs. Plug them back in. Uh, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, crazy stuff, RAM upgrades. It should be simpler. You, you know what's really disappointing is that on the latest 21.5-inch iMac, you cannot upgrade the RAM. It's like, honestly... I can understand that maybe from MacBook Air, I can understand that for even the, the MacBook Pros with Retina display that you buy it with the amount of RAM, the maximum amount of RAM if that's what you want. But it's a desktop. It, I don't know. I think Apple really made a mistake there. Not only does it have this big butt uh, sticking out the back of it, but it's just like, why drop the optical drive? Okay, we're all going for iTunes anyway. Even I am. Um but I'm still going to have to buy one of those external drives if I upgrade it. Um, 
But there's, there's no point to get rid of stuff on a desktop system. I, I, there's just no point to it. And to not be able to update, upgrade RAM in a desktop system, that's a big fail in my opinion because you're stuck with whatever's in there. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, I the new Mac... <clears throat> excuse me, the new iMacs look uber cool to me. I mean, especially when you look at that profile where well, you don't when, see... Not when you look at them on the side, though. The three-quarter no, view but, look gorgeous. looks gorgeous. Yes, yeah, the three-quarter view. Um, but, you know, they didn't really do a lot else with the processor, so where I might feel a lot more jealous of those new iMacs, I really don't feel that jealous. The, uh, the Fusion Drive intrigues me, but I don't know if I want to be Fusion Drive V1. Yeah, I'm not a, I've been so, reading that there's a, 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 a boots extraordinarily quickly, but the um, the actual real-world usage is not as impressive as they sort of made out. I, I forget where I read that. It was one of the, the more decent uh, reviewing sites that were around. Um, I'll try and dig it out. If I can dig it out, I'll throw it in the show notes. And it was just an interesting article that says, well, yeah, you know, it boots up fast, but, you know, you've still got this limitation over here. Um, now, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, because, like, the Fusion Drive is, is all well and good, but in your 27-inch iMac, you could have had a SSD plus a spinning drive in there anyway, couldn't you? Yeah, and that is one of the things I kick my butt for sometimes, but I don't kick my butt because of the Thunderbolt ports that I have on the back of my iMac. If I could find an affordable Thunderbolt SSD uh, external, of course, I would probably make that my boot and my system drive and and just let the 2 terabyte internal drive in the iMac here be my data drive. And I've actually seen, there was an article on, I've seen it in a couple places, um, I read it in more detail and linked through from uh, Lifehacker, where a guy figured out how to how to make your roll your own fusion drive. Okay. Uh, where you could take if you had that combination, where you had a bootable, or you had an SSD and a thunder and a spinning drive inside your iMac. He showed the terminal uh, hacks and stuff that you went through to make fusion work. It's it's you know kind of raidish like I guess is the best way to say it. Um, but I do regret that it's sometimes that I didn't get an internal SSD on this and I really tempted, you know, I, to, to have it done. I've had people tell me, you know, you know, it's not hard to do and I'm sure it's not hard to do. OWC sells the kit to pull the glass off this thing and everything. But if I didn't get this thing put back together just right, it would send me over the edge. If I'm sitting in front of my beautiful iMac and there's like a speck of dust stuck between the oh, two yeah. pieces. That'd be nasty. Oh, geez. So I would <laughs> kick myself constantly. But so, I suppose, let, let's look at it this way. I mean, we're both using uh, IMAX with spinning drives running at 7,200 RPM. Do you feel that it's not fast, that it's not performing well? I mean, even my late 2009, sure, the, the boot-up's are a little slow, but that's when I go and turn it on, and then I go and get a drink or something. By the time I come back, it's at the login screen. Um, I don't even the doesn't bother me on this one. Even the you know, boot up doesn't mm-hmm. bother me on this one. I mean, yes, it you know it would be tremendously faster with an SSD. Yes, the application would launch tremendously faster. You know, I get a normally I get 
trying to think what's probably the worst. I I can't think of what applications the most hoggish. Maybe Office. Maybe <laughs> iTunes. I don't have Office on here yet, Thank and that's God. another. <laughs> um, it's still even with the spinning drive. It's only about four or five bounces, I think. Yeah. You know, where it's generally up. once they're up and running. It, it runs perfectly smooth and fine, and and there's not too much of an issue. I, you know, I find I, I look at because I I run iStat menus in the menu bar of my Mac all the time, and what I do is I actually sort of look at it all day and just see how it's performing, heat wise, and and everything like that. Because I like being able to kick in a faster fan speed just to cool it down a little bit, um, and just run run it cooler as you know a cooler computer is a, a faster running computer and um, what I find is that I'm only ever using 25% or less of my processor which is a, a 3.06 gigahertz uh, core 2 duo and that's when I'm doing my writing and I've got you know and I'm taking screen captures and, and editing photos to go into articles and stuff like that web based work so for me, it, the power isn't really there because I look at it and the, the most strenuous thing I, I do uh, for anything really is, is when I go and do the audio editing and, and exporting and, and rendering there. You know, obviously if I'm ripping a DVD or something, then it's slower and it shoots and, and hits the maximum CPU. But I don't rip that many DVDs anymore. It's more, you know, hey... Work-wise, yeah, it's I've I've still got plenty of CPU cycles left, so I'm just going to hold out till the OS is no longer supported on my Mac, and then once they come out with that, then that's my key to to jump to a new Mac. Um, um, my, it, it will probably be something similar before I abandon this iMac. I mean, again, my Mac's um, uh, what a year. Not even a year and a half old, so I, I don't see me jumping anytime soon either. I just want to supplement it with a MacBook Air, possibly, or an iPad. You know, whatever. We we won't go down that path. We've beaten that horse to death and turned it into <laughs> glue. Um, but I think uh, the bump in RAM. I mean, the other day I tweeted it out, and I don't. Somebody responded. I had video encoding running. I wasn't ripping, but I had yep. I had to set up a video queue to to reencode a bunch of videos. For my old iPod fifth generation, the very first one to have video on it, um, I still use it in my alarm clock. But I had that running, and then I had a full screen video and co- run, watch. I was watching a movie, and I didn't have any. I think all the CPUs peaked at about fifty percent. Yeah, that was as much as I ever got. All eight threads, because oh, if you look at my menu bar, I've got the. Um, the physical cores, like right now, I can see the actual physical CPUs have got just a little bit of usage, but then the hype, the uh, the second thread on all those CPUs is not even being touched, and it's almost not noticeable to the naked eye that yep. they're even being peaked. And I've got Skype running, I've got two browsers, iTunes, Finder, Mail. So really, when, when you look at it, you you think of that and you look at SSD versus a spinning hard drive, and you're not going to see a lot of real-world usage improvements. Yes, you'll see it on launching applications. You may see it when rendering something. But also, the, the SSDs are generally, for most people, 
rather small because they're so expensive still. So you're not going to be rendering video on that anyway, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it's one of those things. I really don't think, and, and someone can, can argue this point with me, uh, feel free to provide any evidence um, to put your point across. But I don't believe that the SSD for just, once things are up and running, I don't believe the SSD will change the performance of, of the system. If your CPUs are not maxing out and they've still got cycles available to be utilised, I don't see whether the, the uh, SSD would be of any improvement. Yeah, and that, that's why I said I think um, this machine will last me for quite some time, you know, all, all things being equal. I think a Thunderbolt, an external Thunderbolt SSD will do the trick for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're available. I just haven't found one in a at a price point that I'm willing, a size and price point. Because if I'm going to make an external bootable Thunderbolt, I'm thinking I want, you know, a 256 yeah. or, or something like that uh, size. I think that'll be fine. And I haven't seen one that I consider affordable or I haven't seen an external Thunderbolt enclosure that I consider affordable uh, yet. I think they're still just a little bit on the pricey side. They've come down a lot, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I mean, that may be after I go to 32 gigs, that's the that's the next thing that I can do as far as improvement and extending the life of this machine. Not that it really needs extending, but, you know, it's got more than enough power to carry me for quite a while yet, so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very much, you know, as you know, I'm still using my iPhone 4. Um, you know, when I need to upgrade because the OS isn't supported or when the device, but the iOS device or the computer no longer, you know, performs a function that I need it to do, that's when I'll make the move and, and go up to new equipment. Otherwise, I'm just comfortable staying where I am. The only reason why I bought the Mini was because, as you know, I gave my son the iPad 2. and It was his bravery thing to go into hospital. He gets Bumblebee, so, you know, as the cover and the case on the back. So it was all about him being brave. So I was sort of without an iPad. So when that came out, it was like, yeah, okay, I'll just go for that, you know, and loving it. But now it's like, you know, I don't care if they put Retina in it next year. Yeah. Maybe call me on that one. <laughs> Maybe I will. Um, I will. But the the thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm just getting satisfied with what I've got. I'm a writer and a podcaster, and I don't do video work. You know, it's it's just one of those things. When I, when I look at my usability... I've got the gear that use that works and, and does the job for me. It's nice to have other gear, but I'm not prepared to go and outlay more money every single year uh, to just keep updating. So it's going to be a while with what I've got, but I'm quite happy with all the gear that I've got. And listeners, he says that, and in six months when they come out with something else, we will revisit this issue and see what he has to say. <laughs> we will indeed. And on that note, before I dig myself a bigger hole that I've got to then get out of later on, uh, Kevin, can you tell the listeners where they can find you in the interwebs? You can find me on twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A uh, or you can go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder and find links and I just made some minor tweaks and updates to that site yesterday so um, I don't know anybody would definitely notice but you can find out what else I might be doing raving, ranting otherwise post, post, talking about crap I can't speak English oh. 
postulating. That's what I wanted to say about there. So Fantastic. And for anything relating to me, head across to markgrintree.com. You can find links to everything, including Twitter, email, and all the writing I do, including uh, all the podcasts I'm part of. And uh, for anything relating to the show, send us some feedback, gse at mymac.com. Uh, give us some feedback on iTunes as well. And uh, if you've listened to Tech Fan this last week, you'll hear that, that Tim and David had some very rude feedback from a listener just because they didn't like the the podcast swaps this year. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, it is the way it is. You know, not everyone's going to agree, but remember, it was for one week only, and I think the listeners to Geekiest Show have got a much better show uh, because of the swap this year. So I, I would say that much. Yes, I am kissing the boss's ass. And uh, anyway, go to uh, geekiestshowover.com, and that's where you can find out all the histories of all the shows that have ever been released under this banner, uh, including all the different hosts, because we're only the latest uh, set of hosts that we've been doing it. I, I don't know, what are we up to now? Maybe 20 shows, Kevin, something like that? Oh, no, we've been 30-some shows. 30 shows, wow. So listeners have been putting up with us for a while now. This is pretty cool. Uh, yep. So, you know, we're not going anywhere. David and Tim are not getting this show back. I tell you what, David and Tim, we'll take on Tech Fan, you take on Kookiest Show Ever. That's the deal. We'll swap shows permanently. That's the only way you're getting us off this show. <laughs> so anyway, with that said, uh, everyone take care. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Until next week, uh, take care. I already said that. God, I'm, I'm going crazy, Kevin. What are you, What are we doing here? I don't know, but I'd like to remind the listeners, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. On episode 41 of TechFan, Tim Robertson reviewed the HP touchpad and gave it a mediocre score. By the time we started recording TechFan 43, HP had killed the touchpad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There, there, Tim. Tim, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, you can't help it. These things happen. Tech fan. The podcast too many industry leaders listen to and unfortunately get advice from. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't listen to Tech Man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>